0: you're listening to the kingdom narrative podcast where we talk about influencing culture and our purpose is to engage with conversations that you just typically won't have in your average church setting and we believe this is a significant time for us to rethink as christians how we engage with culture so we're your hosts my name is david gamboa and i'm here with samuel bancroft holson and today we're doing a podcast that we actually filmed a couple of months ago. And this is actually the episode that really sort of gave us the motivation or the initiative to start this podcast.
1: It was The Catalyst. The
0: Catalyst, yeah. So Sam, I got a phone call. It was Sammy. He was on the line. He was like, hey, we just got to record this, this story of, of this thing that happened to me.
1: Without further ado, we're going to just jump into it. This is an episode about microaggressions. This microaggression could be called racism, uh, but we don't know what that answer is yet. So let's go ahead and dive in and see what we think.
0: So, hey, everyone, I'm David Gamboa. I'm here with my brother, my friend, Sam. Um just want to give you guys a little background about who we are and sort of why we're doing this video. My name is David Gamboa. uh, I work for an anti-trafficking nonprofit in Houston. And uh, Sam and I go to the same, uh, we worship in the same house. We lead worship together. Uh, So Sam, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you
2: are? Hello, I'm Samuel Holson. Uh, I'm called by Sam, Samuel, Sammy. Uh, I'm... In the audiovisual realm of worship, so I work for my home church in Houston, which is Inspired Church Houston, and I'm also a part of a work in uh, the Heights area called Launch Houston, where me and David met each other and, and we do worship together. And uh, David fights sex trafficking, and I help him fight that by helping his audio needs and partnering with the candles they sell. And we just do life together. It's, this is really my brother, and we just love one another.
0: Yeah. So maybe maybe about. 15 minutes before this call you texted me and you said hey we got to talk about something important and uh after our conversation on the phone we came to the conclusion that hey we need to do a video and we need to kind of let people know that this happened um and uh do you want to share just a little bit about uh sort of the topic that we're going to be talking about
2: so you know with all the the uh the, the social unrest with COVID-19. And then on top of that, the, uh, the global pandemic that is caused within the financial community. There's also a, a place within our world where we're seeing the Black Lives Matter movement come up. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of people are having a, a hard time reconciling that is still going on. And so the topic of is today is just uh, an example of a microaggression that can be called racism. Uh, that I encountered this week that I just want to be able to shed a perspective on.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think our perspective um, and your perspective, we, we're Christians, and so we really feel like this is our duty to be a voice in this um, and, and highlight that, hey, we're, we should treat people equally even though we're dis- we have distinct differences for sure but um, people should not be being treated the way that they are just because of the color of their skin. And that, unfortunately, that's a reality in America today. And uh, this is just one example. Um, And and Sammy, why don't you just kind of share, you know, what happened to you when you went to Best Buy?
2: So uh, we're in the middle at Inspire of a a media upgrade. We're doing a we're doing some upgrades to our audio, visual and lighting systems, specifically cameras. So because, you know, all the churches right now are streaming, uh, we were, were in a position where we're making some adjustments to those processes. And I needed to go to Best Buy to purchase some uh, screens and a couple cables uh, for the church. So in doing that, I also purchased something for me, which was an uh, Apple uh, Watch band, because the, the one that I had was getting too tight. Because I had I've lost some weight over the last you know few months, so I wanted just to purchase something that I can use to you know get my watch looking right. It's a Leather Nomad uh, watch uh, band, and I put it in the front seat of my car because I put all the gear I bought for Inspire in the back seat because it was two separate transactions. Uh, and then I went to Inspire, which is about you know eight miles away from our local Best Buy. Got done with the my part of the install. I had a four o'clock appointment in the Heights area. So Inspire is in the Channelview area, North Shore area. And uh, the Heights is maybe about 22 miles away where I live. And in Houston, you know, my friends make fun of me about Texas map. That can be, you know, 20 minutes going one way and an hour going the next. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, on the way to the house, cause I had a counseling session at four o'clock at, a, at launch, which is about five miles from my, my home. I I want to check out the box. Like, let me, let me see this watch. You know, I'm so excited about getting it, you know, after my exchange, I'll go ahead and get it, get it on the watch, but I just want to check it out now. So I went to open the box and it was empty. So when I saw that it was empty, I was like, okay, uh, let me call customer service because I want to see what the best practices are because I do have a retail management background before I did any ministry. I worked uh, for Foot Locker in Houston, greater Houston area uh, from 16 to 26. So I spoke to a gentleman's name was Tim. Uh, it was about a 15 minute call. I let him know what was going on. What are the requirements you have of me to be able to get my, to get my product? Because I need, I, I want to get what I paid for. He assured me, Hey, you can go to any Best Buy in the great Houston area and they should be able to take care of you because this is a common issue. Uh, a, B, C, D, E, F, G. So I said, are you sure? I don't want him to have any kind of thought that I'm trying to run a gambit or run a game because I know how this could look. Uh, with that being said, he assured me that I was good. I was five minutes down the street, well, maybe 10 minutes down the street from the Bunker Hill location because I was like, okay, if I could do this, I'm going to go ahead and do it now. And I, I was on the phone with him until I got to the location to let him know that, hey, I'm going in and take care of this right now. Thank you for your help. I appreciate you. Uh, on arriving to the store, got in line, you know, spoke to the associate, let him know what was going on. He said, hey, uh, the manager's gonna have to deal with this because usually we make the person go back to the store that they purchased it at. And I said, well, I just got the phone with customer service and they assured me that I would be able to take care of this in the right way, like right here without having to go back to the other side of town. So he said, I'm gonna give my manager, say, okay, I'll wait, no problem. Uh, the manager comes, His name is Greg. Uh, and he just had a, like, he just had a, I'm not speaking about who he is or what he thought in the moment, because that's not our that's not our, our position as Christians to assume, but I am gonna to speak to the demeanor he had. So he came in, he kind of did his little glove thing, like, you know, had his mask on and he was like, Hey, what's going on here? I said, sir, I purchased this on the other side of town, east side. I spoke to customer service. They said I could come in here, and get an exchange. He said, Well, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't do anything for you. You're gonna have to go back to the East Side. And I was like, I'm not gonna go back to the East Side. It's two thirty. I have an appointment, you know. <laughs> at four o'clock. That's going to be an hour round trip to get something that I already paid for. Yeah. So he said, well, I can't help you. So I said, well, if you can't help me, can you give me your district manager's or your supervisor's information, your store number, and also uh, your name? So he says, 1-800-BEST-BUY. And I said, I was taken aback, like, okay. Can you write that down, please? Because I was like, if it's 1-800-BEST-BUY, from my retail experience, we have a hot list that gives us all the information for the store. So that way we have to escalate the situation past the leadership on the floor. We can have someone speak to the the standard operating procedures. Uh, With that being said, I took the number and I called the same customer service hotline I spoke to before because I wanted to say, hey, I'm getting different language on on the the phone customer service than what's going on in the store. And so we kind of went through, uh, I think it was almost a 30 minute call, 40 minute call where I was on hold for most of it, where I was being told that, you know, it's up to the manager's discretion. You know, if the manager doesn't want to do it, he doesn't have to do it. Wow. And, I, and I said, well, that doesn't make any sense from the point of I spoke to customer service before I came, so I wouldn't have this issue. Yeah. And that was the, the first frustration. You know, I, I think I did everything correct uh, to make sure I wasn't appeared to be someone who was trying to steal anything, to, to make sure I wasn't the person that was trying to, to get over on the system. Yeah. Uh, And and then the conversation moved to, well, what we can do is we can have you call us back at another line so that you can speak to someone over me. And I'm like, well, isn't isn't there a way that you can escalate this claim to where they can get back to me about this? You know, get back to me about it, you know, and say, here's my information. You have my email. You have my my profile. The way I got my my receipt was through email. So you can contact me. You have automated practices. And then I could give you my availability so that you could call me within that time. But then what also happened in that in that conversation was that I was told that Greg had the the district manager's information and should have given it to me when I asked for it the first time. Yeah. So he. so, So I was asked, well, why did he give you the district manager's information? Why are you calling me for it? And I'm saying, well, this is what he gave me. I'm just following what I was told by your on the floor leadership that differed from the phone call experience that I had. And uh, so in that, you know, another piece of frustration came and I was told, well, why don't you just go back to the store you purchased it from? Why did not you call them first instead of going to a different store? And, I, and that's when I, I kind of got irate to be honest with you because I was like, so in this position where I purchased something from your store, it's my job then to be loss preventions to make sure the product is in the, in the box and then go and contact the store to let them know that something's stolen. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I said, um, how does that? How is that the customer experience you want yeah. from you know a multi-billion-dollar uh, uh, co- corporation that deals in everyday microtransactions? You know, this is a seventy-dollar, you know, seventy dollars, seventy-nine. I think expense. That, you know, it's not like I'm trying to bring back a stereo system or a TV, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's been literally three to four hours since I had the purchase. And I had, you know, plausible deniability that I did not know it was... If I would have known it was in there when I got it, when I got in the car, I would have, damn, let me go back. Let me go get it, you know, because this isn't right. But I didn't. And 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 I made sure I let them know that this was not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. You know? The day went by... I didn't get a resolution to it. Uh, the, the good thing about how the Lord works is that I saw it as, a, you know, some kind of picture of what he was even working within us. You know, as a church, we've been sometimes a representative of a good thing, but inside the box, there's nothing there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I would say, I would say in this season of, of social unrest and all these things, all these conversations, these, uh, These misgivings, you know, the white blessing and white privilege, and this is not our issue to deal with as a church and Western philosophy. The Western church model, in my opinion, has been something that we've coddled the truth instead of disseminating it, you know, very well, so we can have a, a foundation to where we can deal with these things at a level of spirituality because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood but it is spiritual wickedness and principalities that are trying to come and bring division into our atmospheres. Yeah. Uh, And that's the was it. I didn't I thought it was racism in the moment. But without a conferring point to say, I know it is, I would not be here in this conversation. So let's get to that point. Uh, I had a friend who I, I let know the frustration that I had. And also, you know, in that place of frustration, I read, wrote an email to, I think his name was Roy Tien, about the horrible experience that I had at his store. Uh, but I was so emotional that I didn't even have the context to proofread it and, and really make it, you know, tactful. So it was, it was humiliating. <laughs> I, did not, I did not do a good job of representing the whole situation because I was so frustrated in the fact that I had to waste an hour and a half of my life dealing with something that could have been so easy. So I had a friend that said, "Hey Sammy, what if I try to take it back?" And and you know, uh, give me the story, give me the receipt, give me the box, let me know what happened, and I'll just go to my local store and I'll try to take it back. So this was Tuesday the incident occurred. So Tuesday's a business day, Wednesday's a business day, Thursday's a business day. You know, that's that's significant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, three days. What do you do? You know, he, he so you raised me up. <laughs> 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 uh, cause I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not upset at the gentleman who, you know, Greg, that, that did his job to the best of his ability in that place where I think it wasn't the best of his ability, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. Yeah. But I, I want to highlight the fact that she is Caucasian and she did go to a location that was even maybe 15 or 20 miles away from the lo- location that I went to. And not only did she get the, the product given to her, she got an apology on my behalf <laughs> <laughs> for indiscretion that wasn't done towards her. So, so how crazy is that? That she would tell the story that she heard from me uh, in terms of the injustice that was perpetuated towards me and say, let me try to take it back and see what happens. Not only do they take it back, give me the product, they apologize to her on my behalf saying that whatever happened in the other store should not have happened. But the posture we had was no matter what the Lord is doing in this thing. She said, I'm listening to, I'm going to see a victory right now for the battle belongs to our God. So that's our posture. But at the end of the day, now we're called to ask the questions, you know, to to our community. Like, is this a microaggression of racism or not?
1: So was that a microaggression of racism? To be honest with you, I can't say it was. Factually, I can tell you what it felt like. I felt ostracized. I felt oppressed. I felt like less than, especially with my friend who felt that the Lord gave her a prompting to say, I'll take it back and see what happens with her going to a store that was 20 minutes away from the store that I went to, that was 30 minutes away from the original store and getting a five-minute exchange apology on my behalf, you know, for something that I went through. That was something for me that that really had me reeling for about 48 hours. Yeah. Because I can see how easily someone with my skin tone can be judged, racism or not, and end up dead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're in a situation now, uh, it's... A couple of days away from what happened with Rihanna Taylor, yeah, you know the fact that the bullets that didn't hit her is what they got prosecuted for uh and then also i was I had a situation the same night that uh I got the band back uh went to Denny's with some friends just processing, just trying to get my mind off of things. And there were some young kids, about 17, 18 years old. uh, I think it was three of color and then an Anglo-Saxon or Caucasian. And they were just using so much vulgar language. And I just said, hey guys, do you mind just kind of calming down on all, all all the F words? And then, you know, kids being kids, I'm gonna say F words even more. And with that being said, uh it was something where they started saying, You don't know who the F I am and I'll take you outside and da 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 you know, who this Joker think he is? Yeah. and That's that's as easily as I could have a concealed license. And then we go outside, you swing once, I shoot three times, and then I'm justified in killing you. And it's so many things, unfortunately, that we don't understand can make someone else have the power for our lives. And I know this was just a situation in the Best Buy where uh, this, that, and the other And I didn't get what I should have gotten My just due And I had a, a, a Caucasian friend Go and take care of it for me With no no problem But shouldn't we all have the same Shared experiences in these corporate retail giants? Yeah And uh, and then also For me Because I have over 10 years of retail experience I knew the playbook I knew what to do to get what I needed And I still was questioning my motives over a $70 or $60 item. Like, come on, guys. And unfortunately, I still have to deal with this company every few weeks because we do business with them as a church, and the, the local location at my, by my church is amazing. But unfortunately, through the grapevines, I've talked to some people in, in Best Buy, and they've told me that that store is known for having bad, bad customer service. So it could just be that Greg was being Greg. But it also could have been that Greg saw someone that he didn't feel like deserved the customer service that was, you know, supposed to be given to him. Yeah. So I can't call him a racist because I don't know the the intent of his heart. I can just judge the fruit of the actions. And it made me, uh, it's been a few months now, made me have to make some choices of how I govern myself even more. Yeah. uh, In a place where. I know being a 6'2", 270-pound Caribbean American identified as black, that there's some things that I have to do slowly. There's some verbiage that I have to use uh, to make sure I sound more eloquent. There's some things that I need to do in certain settings to normalize situations for people who are smaller or of a different ethnicity than I am. And my prayer is that I learn how to govern myself to where... We could understand that there's no differences in terms of the way that we look but the way that we express where we come from and then also that we get back to the humanity of this life because so many of us have chosen to be identified by things that don't really matter in my opinion and of course the way that we express ourselves through heritage matters the yeah. way that we, that we uh, have come up in our ancestry line matters. But as Christians, as kingdom citizens, the thing that matters the most is that we're seen by the blood of the lamb who gave us a perfect sacrifice so we can have access back into right union with God. And that's the superseding factor of how we operate. Unfortunately, the black church, white church, Hispanic church, Asian church has become more of a, population because we have things in common versus humanity being displayed through the nature of Christ towards one another that can bring true unity. So, Greg, love you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Pray the best for you. And I'm not saying that just to be funny, but I have to be able to walk that out because I'm not going to be not going to my local Best Buy because of Greg. I'm going to have to go in spite of him so that the love of Christ can be displayed regardless.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I have a, a, a buddy of mine who um, I follow him on Facebook, and, and he's been selling these T-shirts, and it's, a, it's like a hashtag campaign, and, it, and it's asked the question, hashtag, am I next? And for me as a white man, I, when I saw that, I was like, I, th- I was thinking, man, I don't ask that question. Am I next? But for so many people of color, that is unfortunately that's a reality for them. Yeah, in America, I mean, that question,
1: you know. Look at the shirt that I wear. You know, stop killing black people. Yeah, I hate that I have to wear that shirt. I wear that shirt mainly on Fridays and Saturdays. I'm in church services. I'm in church buildings, offending people, but having to offend them for the fact that you don't ever think about this. And if you do, it's not with the reality of I can be stopped by someone who's having a bad day. I can make a wrong move not knowing I'm making the wrong move and not be here anymore. Yeah. Now, that's not my portion, right? right? Right. I'm not living out of that fear, but I cannot negate the reality of our situations as people of color. And unfortunately a lot of people let that be their mentality. So then we buy into the fear and we operate from that place, which in my opinion makes it easier for that situation to become the outcome. Now that's something that could be you know, insensitive to, to, to few or to a many, but as a man of God, I cannot let fear dictate how I operate. I cannot let the current situations of a world that I do not belong to dictate how I operate. Yeah. And with that being said, like, the Lord is in control of when I leave this planet, and it will not be done until his will is done in my life. Yeah. And there's no one, in my opinion, that's taking me off of this earth before he's ready for me to come home.
0: Yeah. Man, this is, uh, this obviously, I mean, we can have so many conversations and we need to. um, But we want to know, like, when you listen to this episode, what did you think? What would have been your reaction um, if you were in Sammy's shoes? Um, We want to know. So share, comment, shoot us a message. Uh, We want to hear from you. And if you're listening on YouTube, don't forget to like, subscribe, share this with a friend. If you and a friend were talking about microaggressions or talking about racism, you know, send them this podcast. It could be a, a, a great way to just start a conversation that might be difficult to have or start. Um, but we believe this is so important. We have to do this because this is you know, it's, it's caring for our brothers and sisters. As, you know, and I'm speaking for you know, white people we have to build empathy to get a better understanding of what the reality is to be a person of color in the United States or anywhere in the world, really. And so um, we'd love to hear from you.
1: Yeah, and just to say, like, it's not empathy for empathy's sake. No, it's no. To get, it's yeah. to get an understanding. It's to It's to understand how to walk alongside people that you may not agree with, but it doesn't matter if you agree. Yeah, There's shared experiences that I have with people of color or African-Americans because of what how I've grown up that we just understand things. And there's certain things that we don't understand from David's point of view, because David's Hispanic, actually, but he could be identified as white because he looks like a white guy. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a thing where uh, even as a Caribbean male, Hispanic male, we're identified as the black man and the white guy, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and learning how to empathize with that in terms of the cultural differences of me who I didn't grow up with the historical background of racism in my family, not from the, the Southern American plight. So there were stories that I didn't hear, right? Yeah. There were things I had to educate myself on as I grew older in life because that wasn't something I saw the world through. Yeah. With that being said, there has been situations where because of the color of my skin I have been treated differently. But that cannot be the only reality I live through because then it paints a prison for me to be entangled in that in that jail of I am next. Yeah. versus am I next, you know? Yeah. So that's where I think we have to get to as a people, not just uh, indigenous people or people of color As humans Humanity We need to get to a place Where we could come across the aisles And love one another for who we are and, ex- and embrace our differences That's black That's white That's yellow That's brown LGBTQ Non-binary All of it Yeah Because we're not called to be The judge and executioner of anybody We're called to love ourselves and our neighbors as ourselves. Yeah. And if we did those things, a lot of the situations that we're in as a people would not be our portion because we would be treating each other with the decency of humanity. Yeah. That's good. All right. Signing off.